Hello and welcome back to the Yeshua Judaism series of podcasts. This will be part two of Antichrist 1. And we left off, if you recall, talking about the term many and how the simple fact that many false messiahs have not appeared throughout history to mislead very many people, the fact that that simple fact is strong proof that the commonly accepted interpretation of various passages that I read in part one is wrong. Not is it only wrong, it's utterly ridiculous. That is, it is typically understood and taught within Christianity and counterfeit messianism that in Matthew chapter 24, in the parallel gospel locations that I read in part one, that Yeshua was warning us to beware of many false messiahs that would show up. Well, as I discussed in part one, that's not the proper interpretation and understanding of what Yeshua was actually saying. It's simply not what he was saying. Why? Because there haven't been that many false messiahs. The term many, remember, the term many, we proved, refers to a very large number of people. And there haven't been many. So obviously that's not what Messiah was referring to. We also discussed punctuation and how a biased punctuation of the passages we read is what leads a person down the path of accepting the common understanding within Christianity. Well, here in part two of Antichrist 1, uh, we'll begin to discuss Yeshua the Messiah's actual first warning against false messiahs. So continuing from part one. Later in Yeshua's prophetic answer to the question posed by his disciples, he does discuss false messiahs. We find this in the same chapter of Matthew. I will list the verse as well as those which precede it. The particular verses which mention or suggest false messiahs will be basically emphasized in this reading, and in the written material on the website, there are, they are shown in bold text. So we're still reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. And I'm going to read Matthew 24, verses 6 through 24. And again, we're using the New English translation, the NET Bible. So reading from, that, from Matthew, chapter 24. And this is Yeshua the Messiah speaking. He's responding to a question posed by his disciples. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Make sure that you, are, that you are not alarmed, for this must happen, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise up in arms against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. You will be hated by all the nations because of my name. Then many will be led into sin, and they will betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many 
will grow cold. And by the way, that term lawlessness means Torahlessness, content for Torah. Continuing, but the person who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the entire inhabited earth as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken about by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. The one on the roof must not come down to take anything out of his house. And the one in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing their babies in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great suffering, unlike anything that has happened from the beginning of the world until now, or ever will happen. And if those days had not been cut short, no one would be saved. For the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. And this is where I begin to emphasize, so listen closely. Then, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe them, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And that completes the reading from Matthew. Very similar warnings are found in Mark chapter 13, verses 3 through 23, and Luke chapter 21, verses 9 through 28. First, notice how Yeshua mentions the abomination of desolation. It is also mentioned in the parallel, parallel passages found in the Gospel of Mark, that is, it's mentioned in Mark chapter 13, verse 14, and possibly alluded to in the Gospel of Luke chapter 19, verse 43. Such passages along with verses from Daniel's prophecy, Paul's discussion of the man of lawlessness in 2 Thessalonians, and other verses from the book of Revelation and elsewhere, are used by Christianity to fashion together a fictitious, sensationalized, and totally incorrect Antichrist figure. Christians and counterfeit messianics gather together various Bible passages. They pick and choose the, the verses specifically to support their incorrect Antichrist understanding using the same cut-and-paste method often practiced by Christianity and counterfeit messianism to promote their falsehoods. It should be noted, Antichrist is never mentioned in the passages they select the only exceptions of which are a couple of passages, a few passages in the epistles of the Apostle John. Most verses that they use to fabricate the typical Antichrist concept have no mention of Antichrist within them at all. This is done because Christianity and its daughter, counterfeit messianism, 
wish to present a lie as the truth in order to conceal the actual definition of Antichrist. Sadly, the excitement, emotion, and suspense such over-dramatized and sensationalized depictions of Antichrist creates, much like a good movie or novel, causes most people to get caught up in the thrill of trying to decide who is the Antichrist. It is no accident that there has been numerous suspense-filled books and movies made about the Antichrist since it pro- provides good entertainment. What people who are caught up in the excitement do not realize is that they are being led into error and away from the truth regarding the actual definition of Antichrist. The abomination of desolation is a completely different topic, which I will not discuss within this study because it does not refer to, nor does it directly involve, the true Antichrist. So, continuing with our discussion of what Antichrist really is, all right, now this is very important, what I'm about to say. Notice from what we just read, that when Messiah does specifically and unmistakably mention false messiahs, he does not use the term many. Let me go back and read that again. I'm going to start This will be, I'll start with verse 22. He begins in verse 23 to mention false messiahs. So beginning at 22, And if those days had not been cut short, no one would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then, now this is verse 23, Then, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now notice, he does not say, for many false messiahs and false prophets will appear. The term many is not even found within the verse, within verse 24. That's what I mean when I say that Messiah does not use the term many when he does specifically and unmistakably mention false messiahs. The same applies to the parallel passages from Mark's gospel. Clearly, Messiah is informing his disciples that whereas there will be false messiahs, there will not be very many of them. Otherwise, he would have stated that there would. Therefore, He directly contradicts those who claim that he is prophesying that many false messiahs or false Christ will come. Here are other crucial facts to note from the passages that I read earlier. First, actual false messiahs are not mentioned in Matthew's gospel until Matthew chapter 24, verse 23. That is 18 verses after Christian and counterfeit Messianic leaders wrongly say that Messiah first talks about false messiahs, which they say he does in verse 5. Number two, actual false messiahs are not mentioned in Mark's gospel until Mark 
chapter 13, verse 21. Fifteen verses after Christian and counterfeit Messianic leaders wrongly say that Messiah first talks about false messiahs, which they claim he does in verse 6. Finally, the Gospel of Luke makes no mention of false messiahs at all, but does add a few more details with respect to other things that are not the subject of this study. Due to the similarity of the readings, we will focus upon Matthew's account, the Gospel of Matthew. In that, in that writing, in that Gospel, we find that the actual warning about false messiahs comes after the following. Now listen to this closely. Listen to this closely. This is going to maybe be a little bit shocking. Remember, in the writing, in the Gospel of Matthew, we find that the actual warning, the first legitimate warning about false messiahs, as spoken by Yeshua the Messiah, comes after the following. After warnings about many coming in his name and misleading many. After warnings about wars and rumors of wars. After warnings about nation rising against nation. After warnings about kingdom rising against kingdom. After warnings about famines. After warnings about earthquakes. After warnings about his true followers being handed over to the authorities or killed. After warnings that his true followers will be hated because of his name. After warnings about many being led into sin. After warnings about many being betrayed and hated. After warnings about false prophets. More on this later. After warnings about the increase in lawlessness or Torah violation and how it will cause the love of many to grow cold. After exhortation and encouragement to endure to the end in order to be saved. After prophecy about the spreading of the actual good news or gospel to all the earth. After warnings that then the end will come. After warnings about the abomination of desolation. After various other warnings concerning the hardships of the very last days before he comes. Did you hear all that after, 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 after? And then finally he, he mentions false messiahs. After all those items, all those other items I just itemized, then Yeshua specifically mentions for the first time that false messiahs will appear. Let me state another point with respect to Messiah's specific warning about false messiahs. The separation between the verses which speak of many who will come to mislead many and the verses which actually mention false messiahs strongly implies that there are indeed, or they are, those verses are indeed speaking of two entirely separate things. As stated earlier, the separation is 18 verses in the Gospel of Matthew and 15 verses of separation in the Gospel of Mark. Yeshua's statements in verses 4 and 5 are not about false messiahs. They foretell of the rise of false 
teachers who will come in his name, rightly identifying him as Messiah, yet nevertheless promoting numerous critically dangerous errors that result in misleading many people. That prophecy was and continues to be fulfilled to this very day. Indeed, it will be continuously fulfilled until Messiah returns to rebuke those and condemn those and judge those who are misleading many people. This will be further proven when we return to the discussion of how the punctuation of those verses is incorrect and forces an incorrect interpretation of Messiah's words. If this were any other discussion on any other topic, there would be virtually universal agreement that the sentence structure, topic separation, specific word uses, usage, and the flow of the conversation in a situation where such separation exists clearly indicates that two separate and distinct details are being discussed. Few people would even question that fact. Unfortunately, Christian and counterfeit messianic bias causes people to, to discard that obvious fact and to violate their common sense as they generally insist that in this case, the sentence structure, topic separation, difference in, differences in Yeshua's word usage, and conversation flow mean nothing at all. They insist that. Furthermore, take note of verse 11 in the Gospel of Matthew, where he first directly mentions false prophets, which is only six verses after his mention of those who come in his name in verse 5 of Matthew's account. He then mentions false prophets again later in the verse in which false messiahs are introduced into the discussion. In Mark's gospel, he, likewise, mentions false prophets in the same verse as false messiahs. Well, what about these false prophets. Matthew 24 verses 10 through 12 reads, Then many will be led into sin. Notice, many will be led into sin, and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold. But the person who endures to the end will be saved. And that's actually Matthew 24, verses 10 through 13. Contrary to what most people think, prophets are not necessarily people who foretell the future. The more common meaning of prophet is a term which refers to someone who claims to speak for God. What Yeshua prophesied is exactly what has occurred and is still occurring. However, before presenting my opinion of how it occurred, I must first respond to a possible argument against it. That argument 
would be with regards to the sequence of events, excuse me, the sequence of events prophesied by Yeshua and possibly also to whom the prophecy was intended. After addressing that issue, I will return to the noteworthy aspects of Yeshua's prophecy from Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 13. Don't be misled by the sequence of events. As noted earlier, the sequence of events shown in Yeshua's Matthew 24 prophecy up to verse 24 are as follows. And this is the sequence within that the area of, of, of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 24. Many coming in his name and misleading many. Wars and rumors of wars. Now this is a sequence. This is sequentially how he presents it. Many coming in his name and misleading many. Wars and rumors of wars. Nation rising against nation. Kingdom rising against kingdom. Famines, earthquakes. His true followers being handed over to the authorities or killed. His true followers will be hated because of his name. Many being led into sin. Many being betrayed and hated. And then finally, false prophets. Then, because increase in lawlessness or, lawlessness or Torah violation, how it will cause the love of many to grow cold. Then there's exhortation and encouragement to endure to the end in order to be saved. Then a prophecy about the spreading of the actual good news or gospel to all the earth. Then the end will come. Then he mentions the abomination of desolation. And finally, there are various other warnings concerning the hardships of the very last days before he comes. As written, it would first appear to many readers that these events will occur in sequential order and are intended for his disciples to whom he was specifically speaking, as well as to anyone else over the centuries. However, it is actually difficult for the casual reader to really know to whom the prophecies apply, since there appear to be chronological inconsistencies. Care must be given to application of the passages while comparing them to known facts of history as well as to events that have yet to happen. Well, the Gospel of Luke provides some clarity. To aid us in clarifying who Yeshua intended to be the focus of this rapid flurry of prophecies in response to his disciples' question, it helps to consider parallel passages from Luke's Gospel, which provide more insight as to when and to whom they apply. Luke, being an educated physician of the time, was quite meticulous in his writing. We see this in the book of Acts, which was also authored by Luke, or his actual name there, Lucius. That, that was his actual name. It was Lucius. We call him Luke. Luke's care in preserving the historic record serves us, serves us well in this case, as it does in Acts regarding numerous other New Testament topics. A primary purpose, purpose for my jumping over to Luke's gospel is to provide support for the first point I intend to make regarding the last passage from the Gospel of Matthew, which we were discussing. I anticipate an argument of opposition which, using Luke's gospel, is easily refuted. 
More on that later when we return to the Gospel of Matthew. I present the Luke passages from the NET Bible, which are accompanied within that translation by summarization headings. In the actual Bible, the NET Bible, there are headings of very, within very, the context which summarizes particular regions of the passages. Though I generally loathe and despise such summaries, since they tend to bias the reader, in this case they are actually pretty good and useful to our present discussion. Similar summaries are found in other translations, such as the Revised Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version, and the New American Standard Bible. Pay attention to the bold and underlined text within the verses of the written material, and I will simply verbally emphasize it here as I, as I go through it and read it in audio format. Those bold areas, or those emphasized regions, are the key to figuring out for whom the prophecies were intended. It also must be remembered that the passages begin with his disciples talking among themselves. First, Luke, I'll be reading Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 27. All right? Luke 21, this is a lot of passages, verses 5 through 27. I'll be reading from the NET Bible. So first, in the NET, you have the heading, The Signs of the End of the Age. And it starts with verse 5. Now, while some were speaking about the temple, notice that, while some, his disciples, were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and offerings, Yeshua said, As for these things that you are gazing at, the day will come when not one stone will be left on another. All will be torn down. So they, that is the disciples, talking among themselves, then asked him, Teacher, when will these things happen? Notice, these things. He just told them the day will come that not one stone will be left upon another. So they ask him, when will these things happen? That's in verse 7. And what will be the sign that these things are about to take place? He said, watch out that you are not misled. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and that the time is near. Do not follow them. And when you hear of wars and rebellions, do not be afraid. For these things must happen first. But the end will not come at once. Notice that. The end will not come at once. Now, we're we're at verse 10. And here the heading changes to, the topic heading, to persecution of disciples. Verse 10. Then he said to them, Nation will rise up in arms against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places, and there will be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before, notice that, before all this, they will seize you and persecute you, handing you 
over to the synagogues and prisons. You, notice, now who's the you? Remember who asked him the question? He's responding to them. You will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will be a time for you to serve as witnesses. Therefore, be resolved not to rehearse ahead of time how to make your defense. For I will give you the words along with the wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will have some of you put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, yet not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. Now remember, in the NET, the heading of that series of passages was persecution of the disciples. And that heading is correct. Next, the heading, the desolation of Jerusalem. Now we're at verse 20. Again, this is Luke chapter 21. We've gotten to verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, now again, who's he speaking to? The disciples. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Those who are inside the city must depart. Those who are out in the country must not enter it, because these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing their babies in those days, for there will be great distress on the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away as captives among all nations. Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So that heading area of Scripture in the NET Bible was the desolation of Jerusalem. And finally, the heading is the arrival of the Son of Man. We're at verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and on the earth nations will be in distress, anxious over the roaring of the sea and the surging waves. People will be fainting for fear and from the expectation of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man arriving in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Now notice in, those, in that last series of passages, the time frame completely changes. The time that the events would occur is a totally different time. So we'll go back and review this in detail. However, we've exceeded 30 minutes on this audio, and as we go into detail, it's going to get, it could exceed an hour. So I'm going to, at this point, pause part two of Antichrist 1. Now, I strongly encourage 
that for part three, something you can do to prepare is go ahead and make sure, go grab a Bible and turn to Luke chapter 21 and follow, follow along as we explain and delve into and dissect what we read from Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 27. If you have an NET Bible, that's great, because it will be the same translation that we used. Better yet, perhaps, go to the website, the TorMessiah.org website, and print out the PDF uh, article, which is Antichrist Part 1. Print that out, and what we'll be discussing is on pages 11 and 12, and that way you can actually look at the verses as we talk about it. So either print out the PDF or grab your Bible and return for part three, and we're going to, as I said, dissect what we just read from the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And I appreciate you for listening, and I look forward to continuing. But until then, goodbye.